Welcome to episode 66 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. Um, Today, I wanted to bring up, instead of a tip, I have a discussion topic that I wanted to bring up. Because I uh, was looking at some of the Facebook groups and um, someone brought up the topic of the interstate compact and just being able to be licensed in one place or have an ASHA license and work throughout the country. And it was kind of a like, would you be interested in that? And my assumption was that everyone would be like, yes, that's awesome. It would be great. But I was surprised that there were some negative feelings towards it or at least some concerns that people brought up. So I wanted to bring up a discussion on that. So one of the things that they brought up was a concern that if anyone from any state could work anywhere, then it might have a problem with cost of living and rates not matching the cost of living where you're actually at. And so people going to other states to get people to work from there. What are your thoughts on that, Todd? (laughs) Uh, well, I think first off, uh, I understand where people are coming from, but at the same time, nothing has been implemented yet. And so I think these are kinds of things that are maybe uh, maybe an overreaction. You know, I, I think that, you know, competition is great. And I think that if people you know, if want to practice outside the state and they have those opportunities to do so and they do it within a legal framework, uh, then I'm all for that. I have, I have no concerns about that. And, and frankly, if there's a family that, you know, there's a clinician in Pennsylvania or wherever else around the country that they would like to work with, I, I'm okay with that. I, um, so I, I'm not as worried about these kinds of issues that maybe some people are, are bringing up. Right. Right. And I feel like we always are going to have an SLP shortage. I would love a day when we didn't have an SLP shortage, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. and we have to have some way to address it. And especially in like low SCS areas, places that don't really have a draw to get people to move there. I think that we have to have a way to serve those kids and we have to have a way to attract, um, qualified professionals. And that if teletherapy is a way and that other people that maybe that pay range doesn't work for them, they still have someone that they can find that works for the budget of that school. Um, Mm -hmm then that works. And so I, and I know is like overall as a profession that we, especially in the schools, we do feel a need to advocate, to be paid for what we're worth, but I don't see teletherapy as a threat to that. Not at all. Not at all. And, you know, a good example, like you're saying, uh, is here in Ohio where there's this corridor down, you know, where Ohio and West Virginia kind of share the border. And 
the school districts there in Ohio are in a very rural area and they just can't keep SLPs. They can't hire SLPs. And, and that is in a state, I mean, uh, Ohio has literally 13 or 14 different training programs in speech language pathology. Wow. So every year, the market, so to speak, in Ohio is being flooded with lots of new graduates, but they can't hire people in those areas because people don't want to live there. Students yeah. don't want to relocate there. Even students that may be from that area don't go back there. Yeah. And so it's those kinds of things. And a lot of those districts have had to contract with telepractice companies to get services for those children. Um, so I, you know, again, I don't see this as a, as a major issue, um, but I understand people want to make sure that, um, that they have a caseload and they're going to be paid appropriately uh, and not undercut by some other entity or some other person. But if that was the case, it would be happening now because telepractice companies are coming into all 50 right. states. Uh, they have contracts and, and I don't think it has affected anyone's uh, caseload or anyone's uh, pay mm -hmm. uh, in my mind uh, and from, mm -hmm. from what I've seen. So, yeah. Yeah. So another thing that was brought up is that some people think it's good to be familiar with the laws and regulations in each state that you which wish to practice in. So mm -hmm. you're worried if there's like one national certification, then you might not know the differences in laws between each state. So how can we address that in that interstate compact? Well, I think, you know, I think it's going to be incumbent. I mean, again, we, we, we're kind of jumping into this and people are not we, you and I, but in general, people are jumping into this, you know, sort of looking for problems where we may not have right. them yet. Um, but I understand sort of what they're thinking. This isn't a national certification where you're going to be practicing in every state. It's, it means that you can practice within the compact. And that's mm -hmm. what this commission or committee or whoever it is, is working on over this next year uh, to be able to roll out how all this is going to work. Now, I don't think that someone who is uh, a part of the compact, if you're living in a state that has joined the compact, that you're suddenly going to be practicing in all the other states within the compact. You're probably going to be practicing in maybe one or two of those states. Yeah. Um, not all of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think there may be some individual differences in terms of you know, state licensure and things like that. But if they've joined the compact, my understanding is, then they have agreed to a certain parameters in terms of how people will practice. Yeah. And it's just that we just don't have all that information yet. And hopefully this commission will be sharing more information uh, so people can understand kind of how it's going to kind of roll out, you know, by next summer, I think is yeah. when yeah. they're hoping to do it. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing for states to kind of 
adopt something that's universal too, as far as requirements. Mm -hmm. I had little side story. I graduated at Utah State University. And then my first job that I got was for a private practice in North Carolina. So I was like, great. Mm -hmm. I am like eligible from ASHA to start my CFY. Mm -hmm. Here Mm -hmm. I go. I'm ready to move. I get to North Carolina and they had a different set of requirements for starting CFYs. So I, um, they wanted a certain amount of hours in certain areas So I had to have a certain amount of adult hours, a certain amount of child hours. Mm -hmm. And ASHA had done away with that requirement. North Carolina hadn't. So I call up my hospital that I had just finished my internship at and was like, I need like eight more hours. Can I come in this Mm -hmm. Saturday? (laughs) And, you know, was jumping through so many hoops and which I was Asha had determined that I was ready to start my CFY. Mm -hmm. And so having experienced that going from one state to another, it would be so nice if it was just the same universally. So I think that that could be a good thing for not just for people from telepractice, but for the profession in general to be like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I can relocate from this place to this place. And I'm not going to have to worry about if I can get my license when I move. So that's right. It would be a and good I, thing. Yeah, I think it would be a good thing as well. Um, you know, and, and ASHA has has worked towards that, you know, where yeah. state licensure is often tied to sort of the certificate of clinical competence or that process of going, getting your C's and it's a lot of overlap there. Uh, and so I think how they've done that has is, is actually been good. Uh, at the same time, there are those individual differences that create havoc. And I do recall when you were going through that, <laughs> when you moved to North Carolina, a dark and time. suddenly they, yeah, a dark time in your life, uh, suddenly were faced with, you know, what do I do? They, they, you know, here's a state that, you know, is a standout. They, there's, and, and unfortunately, I think they still do that, mm-hmm. unless they've just changed it. Because uh, I've had students graduate from Akron, go to North Carolina, and, and have to make sure they're counting the hours the right way to fit right. those forms. Um, and so, it, you know, in any other state, it wouldn't be a problem. But you know, here's one state that created this problem. And so I agree, you know, having a uniform way where everyone is able to practice, you know, and do that across state lines, uh, you know, pe- you know, from a state government perspective, they always want to regulate the commerce and regulate who is in the state, who's delivering services, all that stuff. Right. And I understand that. But as the com- as members of the compact, you know, the state has basically said, we're going to, we're going to allow these people to do it under these requirements. Mm-hmm. And we're in all these people, all of these states are going to do use the same requirements. We just don't know what those are yet. Yeah. Um, and so I think people, you know, it's, it's great to be concerned about it, but at the same time, let's let the process play out, let the commission do their work, because I, you know, from what I understand, very knowledgeable people are working on it, and then see where we are maybe next spring, next, you know, next summer when they start to share more of this, of what it's going to look like. Yeah. Then we can sort of start to you know, tear it apart a little bit and say, okay, <laughs> did you think about this? And did you think about this? Right. And did you think about this? Um, 
but yeah, but overall, I agree with you. I don't think this is a is a is a problem. I think this is a positive thing that's happened, uh, and it's going to be a very positive thing for speech language pathology and audiology. And we know, you know, physicians separate from our compact of for yeah. speech, you know, physicians and other disciplines are also pushing this to be able to practice across state lines. And so it's it's just sort of how things are going to go. And we we might as well embrace it now and not go kicking and screaming because right. it's it's been in the works for quite a long time. Yep. Well, hopefully we've addressed some of people's concerns so they can not go k- kicking and screaming. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so hopefully, uh, well, it'll, you know, I'm sure it's not going to satisfy everyone, uh-huh. um, but, you know, hopefully we'll have a, a reasonable process. And um, this time next year, we'll be talking about what it looks like, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be great. And so on the podcast, we have a very special friend who's coming back yes. and, and joining us again uh, for third time yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, let's go to our interview with the great Stacy Kraus. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I just wanted to reach out to you, our really talented, wonderful listeners that we have, and just ask you if you want to join us. Yes. Would you like to be a content creator for the 3C Digital Media Network? We need you. We need content creators to come and join us. So if you have a blog, a webinar, a course, or maybe even a podcast that you'd like to do, we would love to speak with you. So please, if you have some ideas, email me at Todd, T-O-D-D, at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and I'll reach out and we can have a conversation. And so hopefully we could have you develop whatever you'd like to develop and work with us. Again, Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com, and I will be in touch. Now, back to the interview. Okay, we have a repeat guest, a um, or a three-peat guest. You've been on here three times now. Oh, yes, um, I have. Yes. Yeah. So we want to welcome back Stacy Krause. And Stacy, for those that maybe have not heard of you before, like Todd said a minute ago, they may have been living under a rock as far as telepractice <laughs> goes, but let people know who you are and what your background is. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm honored to be a telepractice today, groupie. I will take that <laughs> honor. I am totally here for it. Love this podcast. Um, so yes, like Kim said, I'm Stacy Kraus, and I have been a speech pathologist since 2008 and started diving into telepractice in 2014 slowly uh, over the next like three years I transitioned to be full-time telepractice and then never looked back I love it a lot Um, so I've done school-based telepractice throughout those last seven years Um, variety of ages and diagnoses mostly virtual schools and kindergarten through high school Um, so 
always keeping, keeping me on my toes with new, trying to figure out new activities and new strategies for the whole gamut of ages. So great. great. So what are some new things that you have come up with lately and that are, you're working on? Um, this last year, I really got into Google Slides um, and using, and actually PowerPoint too, um, just as kind of like a, a blank slate, a white, a whiteboard kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't draw as easily on that platform as you can like, um, oh, Jamboard. I think it's called Jamboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just love how easy it is to just put in pictures that relate to the goals and the interests, especially with my older students. And you can import them really easily from Google. If you're on Google Slides, it's super, it's like built in right there. So I love that. And then adding links um, to websites and things like that. I just find that Google Slides is really versatile with lots of different capabilities. And plus you can share it because it's a Google Drive file with parents or other teachers or other therapists. So I've just found Google Slides in the last year or year and a half. Um, I kind of wish I had I had tried it a lot sooner because it's got mm-hmm. a lot of cool features. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I loved at the, especially the end of the year, uh, school year, when my kids were just burned out, I loved using your Google Slides, the um, articulation, uh, battleship game that you came up with. I was like, that was one of the things that I was like, how would we do this on telepractice? Uh Because it would be fun. And you did it. You came up with it. Uh, I had probably attempted it about five other times. Like I had over the years, like, how can I do this? (laughs) Yep. Yep. I've done funny things before where it was like, yeah, I just put some stickers on and then like put a board over it, you know, like a box over it. And only, you know, either they, only they were playing or only I was playing, but that Google slides made a a nice way to make that work. Oh, good. I'm glad I always, you know, I just have to trust my students not peeking. That's the only thing I can never verify, you know, if they're really looking or not, but that's in any game, I guess it face to face or teletherapy. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So this might be a selfish question because it's what I need help with right now. <laughs> what <laughs> I have done littles, little kids for so long. And last year I was in a high school, but didn't find out I was going to be in high school till about the week before school started. Mm. And so I just was kind of in survival mode. And this year I know I'm going to be in a high school. So what are your resources? What are your tips for those older kids? Cause I feel like telepractice fits so well with them. Mm-hmm. but they're a harder population to find resources for. They are. Um, well, if, if anyone listening or if you're on Instagram, actually right now, um, myself and then two other therapists, Kiwi Speech and Creative Speech Lab have been collaborating on this because they kind of focus on the older students with their practice. And the majority of my caseload in the last seven years has been middle school, high school. So yeah, it's the struggle is real. Um, but we've been posting ideas, you know, not all telepractice, but mostly mine are. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a lot of ideas there and more to come. Um, but I do find that incorporating their interests, like on Google Slides, if I can pull in images that they of topics that they like to work on, um, then it helps a lot. If there's a, some kind of element of strategy, 
that is the other kind of thing that I found. If there's some kind of game or a challenge or something that uses that element of strategy or mystery, I have more success engaging them with that than I do um, like ReadWorks. I like ReadWorks and I use it or um, Newsella or Tween Tribune. I use all those, but it's, you know, it's pretty much just like text and questions and there's only so much you can do of that, you know, before they're like bored. (laughs) (laughs) So using kind of any kind of game element, as long as it's obviously not too childish and then strategy um, and mystery and then letting them pick, you know, the topic or pulling in their interests have been kind of like my go-to strategies with that. Um, I've had well, I, I think I just put this out at the end of last year, but like a Google Slides speech books set. So like where they can actually pick their own articulation cards, kind of building their own articulation cards and, and words. Cool. So they know their sound is S mm-hmm. initial or S even, whatever. They can find their own words. They can take their own pictures of their friend Sam or, you know, whatever it is and make kind of their own practice book. To use in yeah. therapy and at home with those high frequency that. words, meaningful words. Um, so they kind of are kind of helping drive the bus a little bit more. That also seems to help too. Yeah. Especially with articulation. I feel like, you know, if they're still in articulation in middle school and high school, they've probably been doing it since mm-hmm. they entered elementary school mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or may have been caught later, but things like that, I feel like it is really hard to motivate them. But if I can be like, okay, what are words that you want to be able to say? And, you know, sound like you're saying it right. I had a kid last year that he's like, I just noticed I sound really weird when I say hamburger. Cause he couldn't say oh. his ours. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, let's go with it. Let's get hamburger to sound good. Cause that's, yes. you know, a functional word when you're probably mm-hmm. going to McDonald's for lunch exactly. every day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'll ask them since they're in a virtual school, most of my students have been like, why don't we pull up something from one of your classes? And, and, sometimes they're like, uh, no, like schoolwork, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes I'm like, but we can use this time to get something there done. And then that's Mm -hmm. more free time you'll have later. So I kind of like use it in that way. And then it's, you know, more of on academic topics that they're learning about anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea too. I've, um, I've tried to do that. I tell my students every time, that my job is to help them with all of their other classes. Like that's why they come to see me, which I think is motivating for them too. Cause they're just like, see it as another thing that they have to do. Um, so I try to get them to bring something, but I think that would be so much easier if they are doing a virtual school. Anyways, it's already on the computer that they're on with you. Yep, they can <laughs> so my share. kids are like, I don't have it or, you know, it's in my email or things like that. So I like that mm-hmm. idea for the virtual school, especially. Yeah. They, then they just screen share their screen mm-hmm. with me. So yep. Yep. Then I can see whatever they pull up. So that does, that does help to have that as a backup, especially for those older students. Right. They don't want to do their homework anyway. So I'm like, Hey, two birds with one stone here. We can do speech and get some homework done or something. Yes, exactly. So. Exactly. It's always hard though. And you can tell me if you have a way of working around this, I don't want to become their tutor or their like homework right. assistant. So how do you not slide into that too? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, because a lot of times what they'll get hung up on, is not necessarily a goal per se, 
you know? Um, so some of that I say, well, that part you might have to just work on later. Let's see if we can find a word that we don't know what it means in this paragraph. Or let's see, I'm going to take two sentences, you know, if we're working on like complex or com making compound sentences, like, and I just kind of have to guide a little bit more um, and just kind of say, well, that part, I'll have you do that part later on your own time. Let's get this part done. Or it is kind of like just a lot on the fly, which I don't really mm -hmm. like, but you know, if I were pushing into their classroom in person, that's what I would be doing probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. You know, I try to think of it in that way because push in therapy isn't always planned perfectly and you don't really know what you're walking into. So I kind of have Very that mindset. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When my type A is like, this isn't planned. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when they come in from something from an English class and I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. just, just a minute. Let me look it up. You know, Google. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm modeling strategies of what they do when they uh -huh. don't know something. That's what I try and tell myself anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. We don't have to know it all, especially right. as speech pathologists, we see K through 12, a lot of times, or even younger or older, it's like, there's just too much to possibly be able to know it all. <laughs> exactly. And Stacy, you just to do some cross promotional kinds of things. You have a, a new webinar that's coming out for I 3C, right? Do. Yes, I do. Coming out the end of this week, which by the time yeah. this records, I think that will have happened. So it's out. That's um, right. <laughs> so teletherapy is like my second love. My first love is kids with hearing loss. So right. um, <laughs> that has been the focus of this past webinar that that's just new now is uh, vocabulary intervention with deaf and hard of hearing and research-based, you know, using research-based principles of current research. I would say most of it's in the last like five years of how to go about that, how to um, provide therapy for vocabulary intervention. So it has, it was a lot of reading, <laughs> research and digging through, but it was really good. I mean, a lot of it, I was like, oh, why didn't I ever think of that? Or that makes sense. Or I'd heard that with other populations. And so it really kind of helped um, synthesize a lot of information and, you know, help with that, that very vague, often vocabulary deficit that right. you know, challenge. What's, what's always, uh, been something that that I've been surprised about is is how many clinicians or teachers who work with kids with hearing loss don't have a, a way of tracking vocabulary development, mm -hmm. and they don't seem to have a real plan to to do that. You know, to 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 really make sure that they are you know, that the child is, is, is progressing in a way. Uh, yeah. and, and we can do that. We can track, we can, we can really plan, you know, based on where the child is functioning and where they need to go, you know, yeah. we can, we can get some real numbers in terms of, well, if they're at this level and when, and then, you know, in six months, we want to be at this level. That means vocabulary has to, you know, be expanded. And then how can we break that down into weekly kinds of strategies, you know, but, you know, AV therapists, I think, do that. And they can, they, or at least should be doing that. Especially in the younger, you know, those early right. intervention. Yeah, it's right. definitely a 
a game of what words have, have been added this week and, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. what kinds of words do we really need to focus on and, you know, where is kind of the breakdown and how can we expand the language and get it going further? And so, yes, I think so. That's a, it's a huge, huge area of that, um, of AV therapy, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And I think so much of it too, is because they are missing so much of that incidental learning mm-hmm. from, right. from having limited hearing too. And that's maybe where people are like, oh, well, we're presenting those words and, you know, this activity or something, but not having a handle on, are they getting those? Are they mm-hmm. acquiring those words that you're presenting? Or is it, are they missing it because they're too focused on other things yep. or they're missing it because of the hearing loss? There's a lot mm-hmm. of research on that right now because most kids do kids with hearing with typical hearing, I should say, do learn mm-hmm. a lot incidentally, but it is right. not the same with kids with hearing loss. And so how do you make up for that? And can you really expect them to learn incidentally mm-hmm. or how, how, if you can, then how would you do that if it's not happening naturally? And that's a big focus. So that was really interesting research to read too. Um, right. I noticed some discussions, even at hearing first, they're talking about vocabulary development and tracking and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it is it is a definitely a hot topic uh, that's, yeah. that's out there we all know it's important but like what do you do about it <laughs> that's right that's right and now they have a webinar they can go get and yes learn more yes exactly yeah, yeah check it out so so what do you have on the horizon do you have more materials that you uh, are developing or yes. where do you want to go like this this fall. Right. Yeah. Well, right now I'm working on a, another middle school, high school resource um, that hopefully I'll be done with next week. That's vocabulary and comprehension and some of those higher level language things um, that we work on. It seems like it's, you can never have enough materials for, and some of the websites get a little boring. So it's kind of like I've made some of my own. Um, So that, and I don't know. I have a lot of requests from people. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a great thing. I'll make you're, that. And then, you're taking requests now. I well, see. Huh? Yeah, I get them. <laughs> and I, I'll put that on the list and the list is all in my head. So that's a problem. I right. need to like actually write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll be making another webinar in the fall. I'm still trying to hammer out the topic I want to do. Um, and then, so I haven't even shared this really with my my quote unquote audience, but I have stepped away from my teletherapy job that I actually adored. I loved my company. I loved everything about it. It was just perfectly me, but it was just, I was feeling pulled in so many directions between mm-hmm. the last 18 months or whatever, like we all were. Mm-hmm. And just feeling like my passion is really bit with creating resources and mm-hmm. sharing about teletherapy and making that more of a an easier transition for therapists and for kids, you know, helping to find ways to engage. And so I'm going to be kind of going in that direction this fall. Um, well, we're also having a, a kitchen makeover, which is literally like right on the other <laughs> side of the wall. So like, t- it wasn't even going to be logistically possible really to see kids probably for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a couple months. So anyway, and then after that, um, I might be diving into AV teletherapy. I would like to kind of combine those two areas and learn how to do private 
private practice, even though I'll be very, very part-time with that at first. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited about learning telepractice from another angle, from the, yeah. the private practice and not from the school side. So more to come on that, but right now it's, it's very preliminary. <laughs> I need to, I need to pick Jill Shook's brain is basically yeah. what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I know we have a couple on here that I'm like, I, yeah, cause I got, I got my first school contract, just me, not with a company this year. And that's, and I couldn't wow. have done it without some of the people that we've talked to on the podcast too. Congratulations. So, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, they, I like, they signed the contract yesterday and I apparently there was nothing wrong with it because it was the first one I've ever written, or at least, you know, borrowed from other people that I don't do know how to write them. So so. I need to pick your brain. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that, but how, I think that's so exciting. How can we like, as an audience support you in doing that? Cause I'm like, yeah, Stacy Krause is just going to be making resources for us. That makes me so excited. So what can we do to well, support you in that? I, I Gosh, I don't even know. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> I, on Instagram, I will do polls in my story sometimes, especially when I'm creating a new resource, like, hey, do we like this or this? And what would be more useful, this or this? And would you like these bundled or would you not? Or would, you know, how do you prefer? Mm -hmm. So I love when people share, like vote in those polls and tell yeah. me what they think. It really gives me an idea because um, mm -hmm. I know what I would want, but that's just me, you know? So I've gotten a lot of good ideas from people following on Instagram or on my email list or whatever that, um, share kind of their opinion. And that is very helpful to me. I, I always appreciate that. So, um, yeah, I mean, anyone can send their ideas my way. I love to create resources and write blog posts that are going to help people. I just mm -hmm. unfortunately don't know when the, I can't ever say, like, I guess I'll have it done by next Friday. Like that doesn't ever happen, but Mm -hmm. I love getting ideas. I've gotten some really, really great ideas from, um, you know, buyers and followers in the past. And it's been, it's been so helpful. Um, you all have great ideas out there. So keep them up. <laughs> love it. Good. So I, I think one area that you can focus on when you really are ready to, to do that telepractice and AV therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think there's a lot of well, not a lot, but there's there's certainly situations out there, as we all are aware, where kids are, are getting cochlear implants and the team may not have a well-defined AV program or someone that they're working with. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happens a lot, you know, uh, yeah. if it's, you know, if they're not being implanted at a, at a sort of regional center or children's hospital, they may be being implanted by a physician and an audiologist in a practice mm -hmm. somewhere. And then it's kind of a, you know. Yeah. Well, even here yeah. into the world and hope for the best. And here, of University of Iowa is only about 90 mm -hmm. miles away. And it's a pretty big cochlear implant mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. for the Midwest. And I'm the only AVT in the state. So like where, I mean, not that, right. you know, there can't be quality services, you know, that aren't, that are not ABTs that they certainly can be, but really there's not a lot of experience with ABT listening and spoken language in the state. So sometimes I feel like I can reach farther, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, even just within my own state, just by helping with consulting, you know, I've thought mm-hmm. of doing some of that too. Um, Iowa has always been sort of a TC oriented. Oh, yes. State. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember years ago, uh, I think Dan Ling went to went to Iowa and like oh, really? 20, 20 people showed up. I mean, it was like <laughs> nothing, you know, you know, and there are people that were hosting and were embarrassed. People just didn't want to go hear him, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, that was mm-hmm. you know, like 20 years ago. But, but you know, even today, I still hear, you know, from you and others, you know, that, you know, it's just not a lot of services that are being done there. Mm-hmm. And, and you have this huge implant center that's well known for research and doing all this other stuff. But yes, it makes me sad. When I moved here from St. Louis, um, I, it was like culture shock. I'm sure. <laughs> I was like, I knew they didn't have an oral deaf school, but like, you know, it just it wasn't a lot of understanding either and mm-hmm. of the different options and things. So it was very eye-opening and it almost felt like too big of a mountain to climb sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting there. Um, I have a friend here who does, um, well, I actually know her from church, but she did telepractice too for a short while. And now she's mm-hmm. here in Des Moines as well, doing, um, working towards her certification. So I'm really excited about that. I have another person again here, it's here in Des Moines, but if I do teletherapy, wouldn't necessarily have to do, uh, just students and patients in Des Moines, but yeah. so yeah, another one is coming and I hope it just continues to kind of people learn about it and understand it and kind of, you know, know, know where they can go for those services so right exactly exactly well you can be that beacon that (laughs) shines brightly and leads leads people in the right direction hopefully yeah i hope to so kim you have a surprise for stacy right yes i i am in charge of our moment of zen this week (laughs) and since we have asked you before our like list of questions little get to know you questions Uh i decided that we were going to do would you rather questions instead (laughs) (laughs) it's like the tables are turned because i did this with my students right okay so you've probably heard some of these because it's on a common um resource some of them from uh it's the shake and say uh big bundle that has all of the oh okay okay. so um some of them are from that and then some of them I came up with and like same instructions Todd gives you can expand on the answer as much (laughs) or as little as you want to you can just pick one and move on you can give us a reason why whatever you want okay you ready I think so okay would you rather be stuck on an island with an enemy or be alone alone <laughs> like hands down <laughs> i love to Although be alone the, hence teletherapy the right. enemy could be a food source at some point you know <laughs> that's that is true how did i not think of that <laughs> i got really dark Todd. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> luckily i've never had a student a, respond with that <laughs> or they could be a you point. know have the knowledge of how to get Hunt. food yeah, yeah i don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i thought that's what you're gonna say <laughs> okay i like this one too would you rather sing every word that you say or have to whisper every word that you say oh gosh um 
probably whisper. I do like to sing occasionally, but not really in front of all the people. And (laughs) that'd be exhausting to think of melodies all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I could think of melodies that fast. Yep. Yep. Okay. Live at the beach or uh, at the mountains? Mountains for sure. Beaches are so (laughs) sandy and hot, sweaty. Yeah, I, I, I still have um, sand in my car from our beach trip like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's still there somewhere. It's like glitter. That's our souvenir. Just get <laughs> <Yeah>. sand. Okay, <laughs> have three arms or three legs? Three arms. Any parent knows, yeah, yeah. having an extra arm would be very helpful. Extra hand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, write only with a pencil or only with a pen. I feel like SLPs can be very like passionate about this at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hardly write anything anymore. My grocery list is about it. I guess pen, I think pen, I think my handwriting is better with a pen. It's so bad. Cause I hardly write. So I'm like, man, my handwriting, like it's, what happened? <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Eat chocolate sauce on every meal or ketchup on every meal. I guess chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but chocolate is better than ketchup. So yeah, yeah, more variety. Um, let's see. Give up your favorite food or give up your favorite drink. Mm. Probably my favorite drink. Drink. I love tacos and like Mexican of any kind. So really, I can't imagine going without that. Good one. Okay. I have a couple of work related ones now too. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have to stand all day at work or sit in an uncomfortable chair? I would rather stand all day. I think. Yep. I think so. Uh, let's see, be able to see your client, but not hear them or hear them, but not see them. Um, I prefer when I can hear them and not see them. <laughs> Speaking There's... of older kids, they turn off their videos half the time anyway. So, right, right. So you don't have to do the like whole pantomime of like, look in your yeah. chat. I am typing <laughs> to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At least I can target speech and language a little bit. I don't know. It just seems if like that works them. better. Yep. Yeah. For most kids. Oh, the worst I had, I had one kid that I had a second, five second delay between when I said something and when they could hear me. Mm -hmm. So I had to tell them, and we're working on ours. So I had to tell them, I'm like, say a sound and then wait until you see a thumbs up from me (laughs) before you go to the next (laughs) one. That would cut the delay. Yeah. Yeah. He would just like keep going. And I'd be like, no, uh, no, That's, that was, the, that worst. was the worst. I would rather have like not been able to see him and still hear him than go mm-hmm. through that. <laughs> I had one last year. I'm not kidding. It had to have been like 15 seconds, like at one point in the wow. year, or even 30. Wow. It was crazy. That's and the rest terrible. of the group noticed too. I was like, I, yeah, I don't know what to do about that. Like, I know yeah. That's, that was me. I did everything I could. I was like, okay, we just got to make it to the end of the school year. Cause it was that crazy pandemic year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nothing went right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. This is my last one. Um, would you rather 
stay an SLP, but never be able to do teletherapy again mm-hmm. or have to choose another profession? Gosh, I'm going <laughs> to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stay an SLP, but never be able to do teletherapy. Yep. Or have to choose another profession. This is a nightmare. <laughs> um, I would probably choose another profession, honestly. Working from home is like, I've declared I'm never not doing it. So (laughs) I got to keep that up, keep up my promise. I don't know. I don't know know if I, I think there's a lot of people feeling that right now. I don't know how I'm ever going to go back. Uh huh. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. That's a good question though. That is. Makes you evaluate your, your priorities a little bit there. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Well, Stacy, how can people get in touch with you? I mean, I know you're, uh, you're out there, but just to make sure everyone understands yeah. how to do that. Uh, my website is stacykraus.com, which those are both hard, like multi-spelling. So it's just S-T-A-C-Y-C-R-O-U-S-E.com. Um, and then you can sign up for my email list there. I usually send an email about once a week. You can always reply to those emails. I love when people do. Um, I'm on Instagram at stacykraus.slp. Um, and my TPT store is Stacy Kraus. <laughs> I, I used to be something else. Yeah. And I re rebranded a few years ago. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't want to box myself in. I'm just going to be my name. Then I can do anything. There you go. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> That's great. Love it. It's not trademarked or anything, but I figure, Hey, it's my actual <laughs> name. So <laughs> Well, thanks again for being with us. It's always great to check in with you and you're always uh, just a delight and bring so many great ideas and tips for us to to use. So we really appreciate you being with us. I appreciate you having me back. I guess I'm doing okay if you keep having me back. So (laughs) thank you so much. Well, that was the one and only Stacy Krause. We really appreciate her being on the podcast again. We love having her on because we love hearing about what she's creating next. She's one of the most creative people, I think, that I've ever met. So reach out to Stacy on Instagram, follow her, and see what she is creating, and go spend some money. Help her out. And with that, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We would love if you would leave us a five-star review. That always helps us to attract new listeners. And just as a quick plug, go over to 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. Sign up. Look at some of the webinars we have now that we're offering. I have a couple on there, and so does Stacy. If you want to learn more from Stacy. Go over to 3C and take a couple of her webinars that we have. We're so proud to have those and be offering those on our website. With that, we'll see you again next week. Be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.